Today, we're joined by a special guest. We've got Jamie from Code Orange in the house. Uh, very excited about the new record, The Above, which is coming out on September 29th. This is their fifth studio album. We know Code Orange always brings the intensity both in their studio music, but definitely with their live show as well. I'm so excited to talk to you. I've never had you on the channel before. Uh, so welcome, and thank you so much for doing this. Thank you for having me, man. I'm psyched. Really appreciate it. I mean, I, I love, uh, I, I think I saw y'all at, I want to say Blue Ridge or something a couple years ago, and uh, I was watching you get warmed up for your show, and uh, you're, you guys just go balls to the wall, 110%. You were like pacing back and forth, and it was getting me hyped up. Uh, just watching y'all get ready for your show. And uh, you're one of those bands where people are like, you got to see Code Orange live. It's like so true, though. It's, uh, you know, that intensity. Um, so you grew up in Pittsburgh? Yeah, Pittsburgh. And we're st still here, you know, so. What what was, um? I'm, I'm, are you like a Steelers fan? I asked that because I'm a big Eagles fan. Oh, I'm down with the Steelers for sure, bro. Yes. Yeah, for hell sure. yeah. yeah. Um. So um, kind of what, what did you grow up listening to that got you into uh, heavy music? Yeah, I mean, we definitely, it's always been a mixed bag, but we started, you know, as close to as like punk, punk kids as you can get. You know, we all met when we were really young. So it was, uh, we developed together, you know, punk stuff, then getting more into the hardcore scene and metal and just any and everything. We didn't really have like a super linear path. We were kind of just wacky, weird, patched together people, you know, so. Right. Totally. Um, you grew up, um, I know that y'all obviously have the big into pro wrestling as well, which was huge for me. Um, that's I a, am, that's yeah. a, yeah, I am for sure. Some me and me and Dominic, mostly my, our guitar player, everybody else doesn't yeah. really care about. <laughs> That's awesome. So this new record, um, I, I've listened to uh, two of the songs already. Uh, one of them, Take Shape, has Billy Corgan on it. Uh, that's got to be pretty badass to work with him. Uh, what, how did that come together? Yeah, it just came together relatively naturally. I mean, we had a mutual, a manager of ours at the time, like was working with him in some capacity, sent him the tracks, and he was fucking with it. So we just hopped on the phone. We were texting chopped it up and we get we hit it off pretty good so he gave us an opportunity to come up where he was at he was working all throughout the day and he said we could pop in at night so we would just wait around all day pop in at night for a couple of days and that was it just try to learn as much as possible did he offer any advice or anything what was his did he give you any insight into like his songwriting approach that maybe you learned from that to apply to your craft oh for sure yeah i mean you you got to be able to soak in whatever somebody on that level can give you and not just like that level of popularity, but that's who has written so many great classic songs and made so many awesome pieces of art. So just right. trying to soak in anything you would give us. That's all. That was my goal. I was just kind of writing things down, talking, talking to him a lot. And um, yeah, he definitely gave us some, some good input. I think he like had a good sense of, you know, the only songs he had ever heard by us, period, were the songs we sent him for it, for the album. Wow. So it was cool to get his take on us based on that. And the take he had was what we were, what I was aiming for. So it was a good confidence booster in that regard, you know? 
Yeah, absolutely. And, and the music video um, I thought was so really creative and, and visually appealing the whole, you. Um, you know, it, it just, uh, you guys really put a lot of thought into everything you do, which is what I love. Um, it's, it's obvious that it's, yeah, for sure. I mean, I've always, I've always felt that way about you all, which is why I'm so excited to have you here because, you know, there's people that kind of phone things in. And again, I was like, I watch people, I pay attention to people getting ready for their shows. I was standing back there behind the stage and I was just like, this dude really does not take this for granted. Um, I'm, where, I'm ready to fucking die up there, bro. That's my, yeah. Like, <laughs> you know, I mean, with some hyperbole, of course, but I'm like, we think of it, or I definitely do. And I know like some of us do. It's like, it feels like stepping into the cage. You know what I mean? We're ready to go. Right. So, a lot of adrenaline. I just want to do like, we're like, you bring up the visuals, you know, like for this album, originally that video was written as part of like a seven music video, like film, you know, and right. all the videos were on that level of detail. And obviously I'm a fucking moron for wasting my time doing that because we can't afford to do that. And certainly nobody wants to pay for us to do that at this point. But <laughs> I say that to say like visuals and the show and these things are so important to me because I recognize like what we're doing is pulling from so many different directions on a surface level. And there is a very coherent picture that's painted in my head. And to me, it's like, if we can't express it visually, if we can't express it in the show, we'll never be understood. So like when I, when I'm getting ready for that show, especially if it's like a new crowd or playing a festival, right. it's to me, it's like life or death for the band. It's like, you have to make people get it. And this is the way we make people get our dynamic, our sharpness, that the chaos we present is really controlled, that we can stop it on a dime, you know? And that's what we do during that set, you know? And, peaks and valleys so everything that goes around it is very important to me because i recognize like i have a i don't have any objectivity but i can at least see from the outside like how uh it, what we're putting together if you look at it through glass is not understandable so it's like these things there's a lot of connective tissue that i'm trying to hopefully give help give people context or whatever you know totally and i and i actually I, i'm a big believer now in the music video, I think, is extremely important to invest in. I think that 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 you do you are rewarded by that because I, I just think that it seems you look at there's a lot of bands that when they invest in videos and and or they don't invest in videos, it can really hurt the song. And and I, I looked at it and I was just like, we're in like a visual era now. Everything is so you know it's go big or go home. And and I, I just thought your video was very well done. So. Uh, and it does look expensive. It's um, expensive, like relatively, but we really, a lot of it's really DIY as well as always. Like that's pretty much how we do it. I mean, it was truly, it was written a fucking year and a half ago. I mean, it was truly, you know, every I was dotted, every T was crossed. That's why I worked, wanted to work with our guy, Max, who's kind of took, really took me under, because I always write the videos, but this time he really took me under his wing and like, taught me the craft of of the whole thing i was in every meeting every hire every email we did everything together every scout we went out there early and so he really taught me what goes into it he's very detail oriented as well so it's like when you combine our creativity with his detail orientation i feel like that's why you get something like that that does look like it could have been 
uh, $500,000 video or whatever in a different yeah. time period. Well, it's certainly not because every second of that day was thought about for weeks ahead of time. Like we, you know, everything was plotted out. So right. when you're like at our level, that's the only way you could do it. Like it's maximum creativity, maximum effort and maximum planning. Cause if not, right. you're just going to, why, why are you not going to get what the next guy's going to get? Like we, like we've never once in our career gone to, We've done all our videos to Max. I've never once gone to him and gone like, you got any ideas for a video? We totally. talk with it. Well, we bake and he brings it down and he would shape it, you know, so to make it work for the small amount of money we have normally because it's normally written like a fucking Hollywood blockbuster because I'm mentally ill. Um, <laughs> but then, yeah, no, we bring it to, but then when you go from here, you start here, you at least end up here. And what I feel like I see often is people starting here and they end up nowhere. Right. Yeah. And they don't, they, yeah, they, they, it gets watered down and everything. And it clearly wasn't for you. Um, I, I want to ask too, you know, about the, uh, you know, I'm a lifelong pro wrestling fan going back to the attitude era. Um, I think it's so cool how you've always been involved in pro wrestling. Uh, you, you all wrote Bray, Bray Wyatt's theme music and uh, what a devastating heartbreaking loss that was for what by by all accounts such a great man uh such an uh, an iconic performer um can you talk about what it was like working with him and and what an impact he had on you and, and the rest of the band yeah i mean yeah it's it's fucking insane i mean it's, it's a really the whole thing is still like really weird and crazy to me but um yeah working with him was so awesome i can't even like express it and i think in the past i've maybe you know it's almost like even with him you know when i would be talking to him a lot i would try to play it a certain way of like you know you don't want to be you don't want to express i always feel like people like that don't want you to express like that you're the literal you're like a ginormous fan of all this shit because it's like I get it. It's a lot to take in, you know? So, so I almost feel a little bit sad that I never was able to express to him how much he really helped make our dream come true. I mean, I really used to sit in the farthest back row to go to those shows when I was a kid. And, you know, to be able to do that and to watch it every day and to get in trouble for watching it and to be obsessed with it to a point, um, to almost be able to like manifest that into reality and for him to make that come true. You know, I put up on my Instagram, like, you know, a picture from WrestleMania 30, like in new Orleans where me and a couple of us literally drove down there from Pittsburgh with a buddy and it was like 30 hour drive and we're sitting in the shit seats and we took a picture of the wall that he's on in front of the wall. You know what I mean? Right. So, like, Cause we were excited about that being on in front of a wall that he's on and so i don't know man it's like it's it was an amazing experience he uh was really fucking cool he's cooler than anybody could even know i mean he was so into the music shit he would text me like he, he saw like i did he's like kind of insane so like he would text me 20 things in a row 20 youtube links one is Maybe it's Cry Little Sister. Maybe it's like something in the way. Maybe it's a ministry song that I've like never even heard. That's like insane. Maybe it's some 
something I'm not into, but some like Norwegian death metal folk shit. And then it's like, here's this cool sound from an hour into the Texas Chainsaw Massacre that I like. And that like, maybe you could sample that. And he had all these crazy fucking ideas. And at times it was like, you'd be like, this guy's insane. But right. it was like beautiful. He was so fucking into it. And when I tell you, and like, I'm not going to really go into the details on it because it's their business. But when I tell you that he fought to get us that song and to make that song his song, I mean, people won't even believe it. It's like a movie, what happened? I mean, it was up to the final literal minute. I mean, that that happened. I watched the show and didn't know if it was going to happen. Wow. Uh, this this last time i really didn't right. know i was hopeful because we had good but like i mean we made the song we me and him created the idea for the song before we even knew where he was going because at the time he was you know not with them and so it's just it's a there's so much crazy stuff at some point it, maybe i'll just tell like the whole story but just to be respectful to everybody and stuff i feel like i'll leave it there but He's cool, man. He really wanted to make this shit awesome. He really wanted every part of it to be just entertaining. And he thought about it all the time and he wrote all the time and threw shit all the time. And yeah, he was fucking insane, but he was awesome. I'm insane as well. And so we, you know, we talked for hours, man. He, he, um, so he was a big metalhead. He was into, um, not just with you, but he was sending you all of these examples of, of rock and metal bands. I mean, he, he's, he's a metal head, but the difference between him and like, he wasn't into, he was into music on a deeper level than a lot of these guys, a lot of guys, like even, you know, I've met a lot of wrestlers and they're fucking awesome. And some of them really are into music, but a lot of them are into music. Like I'm listening for on like a surface level or they're into metal or they're into this. He was just into cool art. Like he knew so much cool little things that it never was even like shown to its fullest capability. Like with the amount of like knowledge and stuff he had about cool music and art and movies. And he was really deep in there, man. So he was definitely a rock and metal head, but he was more of just like, we connected on like what shit was really badass and smart and creative and what stuff was maybe more surface level and what and he liked all of it but he was really into it man he was into it more than guys i deal with in music not like 90 percent right. of them by far right. he got it more than them so totally i mean what what a talent and and such a a profound loss in the pro wrestling community you all have also um i think you performed at wwe events too right is that uh is that yeah. correct? You've like performed during like, what was it? NXT? Yeah. We opened up the NXT pay-per-view and then we played out That's with my, so my friend. Uh, yeah, it was crazy. With my friend, Brendan um, from incendiary, we played the song they made for Alistair Black, who we know as well. Who's a, who's a cool dude as well. And uh, we, That's so sick. Them. it was insane. I mean, it was insane. It's, it's almost like sad. Cause it's like, I just, there was there was much more to do, you know, just like on a right that would have been cool. There was cool plans or things we were going to do at different points that didn't happen. So it kind of bums you out. But I even have a performance right. we did of one of his of his other theme that we recorded with them in studio that like they never put out that was supposed to be on TV. So maybe I'll fucking right. do that shit. That's cool. There you go. 
the, yeah, I mean, just the whole pro wrestling thing to be involved in it. I can tell you're obviously a true fan as am I, and, and, uh, to be involved in it, to perform at an event. I mean, that's mind blowing to, if you got to meet like triple H and stuff like that. Yeah, dude. I mean, that's wild, bro. Yeah. I mean, the first time when we were playing at NXT, you know, he was, uh, we, we were at this like warehouse thing in Brooklyn. We waited all night and it was the night before the show. And he showed up at the little practice space and watched us practice insane. And then when we went to the NXT in your house during COVID, he, we did the whole rehearsal I and mean, him and road dog were like producing us and like coaching us and trying to tell us to do this and that. And it was literally, and I got, I have a picture of me and him sitting in the ring talking and uh, yeah, then every time, not every time, but a lot of times when I go to SmackDown or Raw in the past, they've brought me back there to talk to him. And I have got to hang out with him and Stephanie back there a good amount of times. And she's fucking awesome too. I'll tell you what, she knows a lot about metal too. She told me that like on his birthday this year, um, they flew to Pittsburgh, which I wasn't here, which would have been awesome because it was his only day off to see Metallica. Just to see wow. Metallica in Pittsburgh. And they just went to the show on like his only day off. Like, That's so sick. So, I mean, yeah. He's a true metalhead. That's what I love about that guy, He's man. He's a metalhead. He... He's down with some metal. He likes some metal. I even think some of the shit we do is probably on the fringe <laughs> for what he's down with. You know what I mean? But so uh, there was a lot of like with Bray, like, like that last song we did. I mean, I never talked to Triple H about it, but it's different. You know, it's it's like we are. It's on the surface. It's one thing maybe at first glance, but there's a lot of layers to it. And it's like starts with that reverse like stinger even. It was like, and the idea behind that was like, okay, what would happen if, you know, for better or worse, like a movie monster was was coming to the ring like a sadistic one not in the same way like the fiend was but like a serial killer it wouldn't be right. a big glass break it would be like the inverse it would st- like we wanted it to when me and him were talking we wanted it to sound like that first piano note is like in the back of the arena that's why we start so quiet right and it's creeping up towards you and then you're like oh fuck you know what i mean so like almost right. an inverse singer so I don't know. I'm talking a lot because I've just been thinking about it so much the past couple of days, but no. he was awesome. And I'm not going to pretend like he was my best friend at all on a personal level. He wasn't, but, um, you know, we talked a lot, man. We were, we were, we were buddies, man. So this one really does hurt me. Yeah. It, it, I was, I was, I was so shocked by that. And my heart goes out to, his friends and family and, and, and everything. It's just family, a, especially man. Yeah. You can, you can tell though, you can tell when someone like him passes away, he was a really good dude because you he can was. tell the amount of the amount of flowers that he's getting from people, um, you know, speaks to his reputation and, and, and his commitment, you know? And he was larger than life. Like when you walked around with him, it was literally like walking around with a cartoon. It was like, he <laughs> like he wasn't like me or you, you know? He popped off the page in real life in almost like a frightening way. You know what right. I mean? And I've met a lot of, I mean, I haven't met a ton of guys, but I've met a good amount of guys, rock, rock people and this and that. It was like what you'd imagine being with like Hulk Hogan was like, like he's huge. Right. He's like laughing and yelling and it's <laughs> crazy, man. It's crazy. That's great. I love the way you describe things, man. Uh, you're, you're very, um, 
you're very like, um, I don't know, you're, you're very well spoken is oh, the, is the, yeah, absolutely. Um, so when, when, when did you figure out like, man, where we, how, I guess, I guess like, have you always been intense live? Has that always been your approach? Did you kind of get into it? Like, when did you figure out, man, we're a fucking badass live band? It's definitely how we always were to start. We just didn't play well at all, but like we would be thrashing around and going crazy. And like when we were kids, like, um, but as we've grown, like to me, the reason we try to maintain that, and I'm sure, especially with the album we're putting out, there will be <laughs> ebbs and flow ebbs and flows in that. And like, there'll be different dynamics of that, which I'm excited to figure out. But to me what is the point like oh, oh again like i'm not trying to hate but a lot of what's popular in like our kind of music now like it's <coughs> lacking the thing that made our kind of music really what it was at its height of heights which is like to me which is like true intensity not extreme danger danger and not extremeness not the hardest thing you can do not the most craziest growling you can do or craziest chug shit yep. even you know i love some chug shit obviously but it's like and hardcore has this still for sure but i'm talking about on like a on a more macro level let's call it it was intensity what you know 20 years ago or whatever what did all them bands have in common it didn't have to do with their sound you watch those old festival like tapes like in a row everyone was intense no matter what every single band yes Even the sh and the ones who weren't were the shit ones who nobody really remembers that like we had a hit and they're gone but all the classic right. bands like you name them that's what they had and so to me there's no point of doing this style of music without that it's like what are we doing like it's almost this like you see this a lot with like gents and like, or whatever you want to call it. This like all this like YouTube type shit. It's like, it's like heavy music, maybe technical music, maybe good sounding music with no intensity, no soul, no nuts. It's no like nuts, a competition. No spine, you know? Right. Like, I just don't even get it. So I couldn't agree more with that. I could not agree more with that because like it seems, it, but people like it. So who's to know who I don't mind to say, but I don't like it. So we don't do it. I, I'm not a big fan of like playing the most technical music you can play just to be technical. Cause then you're, it's like, that's, that's more of a competition. I like music that connects with me. Sometimes that could be the most simple song that could be, you know, it, it's not about how hard is that to play to me? It's like, damn, this shit's really catchy or this really speaks to me or connects with me you know, on, on some yeah. level, like when I listen to like slaughter to prevail, I'm like, you know, is it, is it the most, uh, um, technical music at all times? No, but it's like, I feel like I got my fucking head knocked off when I go to see code orange. I'm like, man, I feel like I got my ass beat after the show. That's kind of how I want to feel, <laughs> you know, uh, yeah, intensity I mean, there, there's, for us, like what we're trying to do. And like, I can't speak for any other bands or whatever, but our goal which is a tightrope goal is to combine, you know, there's a lot of bands doing hard breakdowns, you know, breakdown after breakdown. Oh my God. Like maybe like what you're saying, like intensity, but at the end of our story, and I think people will see with this record, 
especially, I hope. The goal isn't that necessarily. The goal is intensity, attitude, catchiness, art, like layered art that's been thought about and deliberated over and, and really built like a home, you know, built from the bottom up. It's, I want it to be all those things combined. That's my goal. And for me, I now, love what that. I see is a lot of people, you know, taking one path or the other. And a lot of the most popular heavy bands that are like killing it, it's just heavy or their version of heavy. To me, it's not heavy, but it's just heavy. It's just, and, and there's some fucking internet element to it. And like, that's the recipe. But like, we're old school in the way of like, we're trying to make art and then we're trying to deliver that art at full level intensity. And you'll see the next video we're going to put out, the next song, it's a song that Rebus sings, and it's a song called Mirror. And Shade and I did the video for the first time on our own. And it's the lightest song we've ever released by far. But it's very, it's a, but it's a new shade. It's a different color. It's a new thing in the palette. It does have a lot of intensity. It's emotional. It's like, you know, so I feel like that's my goal. So again, I, I maybe I'm probably talking too bad on other people because respect to everybody and kids love kids love that shit like that's the stuff that's no you're not popular you know but to you're, me you're, it's just there, to me there's a void so we try to fill that void and that's it i don't i don't think it's i don't think it's disrespectful or talking down on people to feel like what you think is missing and what you want to create you know it's just i i agree with everything you're saying because um you know i i mean that's that was a very brilliant way of putting it especially when you said attitude Attitude is also something that is missing. Yes, we need the attitude era in rock, bro. A thousand percent. And and to me, like I see some of these guys saying that. Some I won't say in these bands, these like radioy workflow bands. They talk about that, and to them, it's like should be able to say whatever we want to say. You know, it's like this like PC thing. To me, it's not about or anti-PC thing. It's not about that per se. Like, I do agree we should be able to, you know, speak our opinion or whatever. But to me, it's just more about an energy. It's more about a confidence. Yes. It's more about realness. And a lot right. of them guys saying that shit, I don't see any realness from them either. So that's like the code orange problem is like, and this has been the problem my whole life, is like, maybe I could squat up with these guys because they're kind of saying what I'm saying, but I'm like, well... And you know, so I look over here and they're kind of saying what I'm like, I don't agree with any of you, you guys. You know? <laughs> so we, we just end up on like an island. But Do you feel you know, like you're like a lone wolf out here, like uh, kind of on your own? Yeah. 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 I feel like, I mean, but I'm sure everybody does. That's just probably just being fucking self-centered as fuck. But no, I mean, culture, but we never even really fit into our own culture all the way, which is like the hardcore culture, even though that is our culture and where we came through. But even then, it was always off and on, stop, start and stop. So, no, I don't really feel like we fit in anywhere for sure. With a lot of bands, there's like a lot of competition between them and stuff. And I never really, you know, got that part of it because I feel like one band being successful doesn't necessarily negate another band. And it's like, I, I don't know. Sometimes it seems like there's like a lot of competition between bands and I'm, I'm, I'm not. I don't, I don't really understand that fully because like in the YouTube space, I'm like fucking stoked to see people that are successful, that are friends of mine. You know, it's like, I root for everybody to win truly in my heart. Like that's, that's how I feel. Um, I, I, you know. I respect that. I'm not going to lie and say I am a competitive person. 
and uh, I'm, yeah. I'm not, but I'm not rooting for anybody to fail. You know, I'm yeah. just the frustration that I've felt in the past is more about like a lack of feeling understood, you know, and trying to express mm. that and a lack of liking what's out there in the, in the right. sphere, you know, like, so, but so it's nuanced for me. Like it's not as totally, I definitely respect what you're saying. And the point of view you have is probably the healthiest and most true and correct point of view. But you know, me being me, you know, I do feel competitive. I do. When I get up there on stage, I do want to kill all of them. I want to beat them all. I, <laughs> I love it. I really do. I want to be better than I love them. It. And I feel like I am better than them a lot of the time. And so, but not as a person, not as like for the fans, not about popularity. There's, right. I mean, almost there's so many bands that are a million times more popular than us. Most of them are. But like for me in the past, I've expressed frustration and I think it kind of has been channeled out through my own fault as like being a hater, which I definitely kind of am, but like, <laughs> it's more like what it really is just frustration with feeling like you put so much into something. And then, you know, you see stuff that, you know, factually people aren't putting stuff into and, you know, people like that. So you feel this child thing of like, why don't you understand? You know what I mean? And yeah. Like at those festivals, like I walk around those festivals and like, I don't feel like I fit into that shit. Like I see everybody fucking brothering up and shit. And I'm just like, I don't feel a part of it. I don't feel a part of anything except for my own tribe. You know what I mean? So yeah. it's a mixed bag for me. But as I'm getting older, I'm really trying to put things in better perspective. And you are right about the success thing. One person succeeding does not mean anything negative for anybody else. But when you're an artist, it can be frustrating to see stuff that you feel like is paper thin and plastic. And that's what people want. And right. to you, to, to me, that can be frustrating. Just being honest. No, and, and no, and that, and that makes total sense to me because, and, and that's what I'm saying. It's like, that's a different perspective that I, I haven't lived through because it's like, you know, I can only imagine the grind of, you know, I, I, there is not a doubt in my mind. You put 110% into everything you do. So if you see someone yeah. that might be not putting 110% into what they do and, and catching on or something, I would be frustrated as hell by that too. And I, let me say this too. Co competitiveness is not a bad thing. Being competitive is a fucking good thing. And, and pressure creates diamonds, you know, at, at the end of the day. I mean, I agree. I mean, like you're it's a mixed bag and I try to work through it a lot and I work through it in our music a lot of times and things that I talk about, but it's all internal. It's all the internal war, you know, but right. we've had a very long and difficult road. Like, and we're always kind of <laughs> feel like we're climbing up Mount Everest inch by inch. That's how it feels when you're in it. Cause you know, we never really had shit explode overnight or even over a year or even over two years, you know, it's always like very incremental. But my goal is just to put my best foot forward, my best effort, and then be hopefully be able to look back and respect myself for doing that. And who knows if I will or not. I don't really know until it's said and done, but that's all I really actually care about is just being able to look myself in the mirror and be like, did you really – like this album we just made, like it is every inch of art that I have to give at this moment in my life. It's everything. And if, when you hear it or see it, you'll see like – there's no way to even put it into one or two or three or four songs. 
Like the next song we're going to do is going to feel very different even from the song we just did, which is very different from those other songs. And there's songs on there that are completely different from that. But the, you know, the connective tissue is in the, it's in the fabric that we put baked into the record, both visually and musically. So you kind of got to experience the whole thing. And that's, that's how we come at shit, you know? I love that. I, I, I love your perspective on all of this stuff. You're very thoughtful and Thank you. <coughs> sorry. No, I've been sick. So I'm like, you. sorry, you. everybody. <coughs> so Don't apologize to them. We all yeah, call. That's right. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's just, um, we need, we need more bands like you with people with your perspective as well, where, um, you know, I, I, I love your thought process on things. I really do. I think that you're, you're, you come across as very, very, you know, brilliant in your approach to things. And I'm, I'm rooting for you all a thousand percent. I cannot wait to hear this record. Um, it's coming out on September 29th, the above. And look, y'all, we got to support heavy metal. If you watch this podcast, what you need to do is go into the description right now. Take a second. Don't be a piece of crap. Go in the fucking description and pre-save this record right now it takes one second it's never been easier to do this put the effort in put the work in just hit pre-save and get this record and, and and in my opinion you have a lot of people saying oh we have a new record come out this this feels like your best work to date to me this feels like really what you've been trying to convey your whole career i agree and i think it's both that and simultaneously something that couldn't have been made if the path didn't go the way it did if covid didn't happen if you know, it gave us a lot of time to process what we really wanted to do and what we really thought should be out there, you know, and what we really, how we could almost loop around in a lot of ways of other things we've done in the past, but also stuff that we haven't gotten to yet, you know, other bands, other, you know, so, and thematically, it's really a full circle record for us on this current journey we on. It feels like you know, the end of a current journey and the start of hopefully another one, you know, that's, that's really what it does feel like to me, the records. And I think people will hear that and they'll know what I mean when they listen to it. So. And and do you all have uh, tour dates coming up? Yeah, this month we have just a couple of festivals. Um, we're doing Rocklahoma on Friday tomorrow or like two days from now. Then we're doing a riot fest and we have a show in Pittsburgh called codes world that we did. That's like a, more hardcore based festival, us, Madball, Vein FM, E Town Concrete. Pink that's Street, sick. All, all kinds of crazy shit. Um, that's just for the for the kids back home. And then we got on the show in New York and we have Louisville, louder than life. So we will we'll be really hitting it for real full tour, everything and then after the holidays. That's been will be when we'll kick it into full on gear. But uh, that's awesome. I want people to have time to listen to this record before we do that. And, and I want to see where they're at. I want to, I want right. I want, I want them to check to chin check me and I want to chin check them and we'll see where we're at. You know? Well, I definitely am going to come out to a show and see you guys fucking kill it. Um, for sure. Where are you um, from? hundred percent. I'm from Virginia. So I'm like, uh, around Virginia beach area, okay. but you know, anything within three hours to me, I'll, I'll, I'll drive out to, Love um, that. We'll, we'll be there for, for sure. sure. In, the, in the new year. I mean, if we're not, something's gone wrong. So we'll be there. We'll be everywhere. We need to be everywhere. Yeah. So, dude, I'm so glad I finally had you on the channel. Uh, it it's been taking too long for me to have you up here. So thank you so much, Jamie. It's been awesome thank to talk you. to you. 
even cooler than I thought you would be. And I already okay. had so much respect for Code Orange. So, bro, much Thanks respect. So Thank much. you for doing this. That. Yeah, no, really. No, I've, I've, I've fucked with you guys for a long time. And it's so cool to finally connect with you. And, um, you know, I'll, I'll looking forward to having you back many times. I want to film some stuff with you in person. I feel much better, but we won't have any technical difficulties. Dude, I want to. Um, I'm gonna. I really like doing in person. I, I would. Yeah. I would love to do in person. I, I, I like doing much. like features, like we can go shopping or something, or like that's oh, the yeah. type of stuff I prefer to do. Um, it looks much better. So we'll shoot like a real proper podcast, um, like documentary style shit is what I try to do. I would, so I would love. I would love that, especially. I would love to do something after you've heard the album and like. I yes. There will be there will be a lot of a lot of talk about side question. Would you yeah. agree that Disengage the Simulator is one of the greatest like pop, like rock metal songs, CKY of all time, right or wrong? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, so um, that is CKY for me is really a band that has so many threads into why I'm even doing this to begin with, because it's not just the music. It's those CKY videos. It's that yeah, whole DIY love, spirit. the whole thing, yeah. I just it's love like, that. I love that song because it doesn't really even sound like the band, right? But right. it's like I don't know. It just it 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 it's a you. It's like to me, it's like <laughs> there's a certain kind of of kind of poppy, like alternative rock song that's still kind of gruff and still like right. has that attitude. And like that song, for some reason, like nails it for me. It's like so raw and like I like the super poppy chords and like. I just love that. I've always Dude, loved that song. The riffs that CKY have too, like, you know, even, even like, ba like ballads, like cuts on like close yet far that they had, like every, every, especially on that, um, um, the record that has, um, it's a masterpiece. It's I'm having a brain fart right now, but, um, what is it here? Let me pull it up. This, this record is like one of my favorite rock records ever. Uh, which is why I'm having, you know, like flesh into gear, escape from Hellview, yeah, infiltrate, yeah, yeah. destroy, rebuild, yeah, infiltrate, yeah, yeah, yeah. destroy, rebuild. One of my favorite records. Yeah, I don't know, I don't know them that well, but that's the one that I've listened to a couple times. Yeah, so good, man. It's just like, uh, and, and they're one of those bands too where they did things a little bit differently their whole career, and and you know, it stood the test of time. I, I know they're not with their original lineup now, but. Those CK, that CKY like jackass era had a huge impact on me personally. Like I wouldn't, I probably wouldn't be doing this. Like if it wasn't for watching these dudes like bam, who like would pick up a camera and film their buddy skateboarding and dicking around that had we like a pray, huge, we got to pray for bam. Yeah, we do. Gosh, we do. That, Fuck that bums, know. that bums me out, man. Uh, you know, it's like, we got to get him right. It's like, uh, and, and the, the sad thing about it is, I can't really think of like what people could do. Cause all his buddies have really tried, you know, um, Steve, Steve, -O, all of them have tried to get him right. And it's just heartbreaking, man. It's like, it's sad, bro. I mean, it really is. It's extremely sad. And, and, and I, I just try to, I got some CTE for sure. Yeah. I mean, you know, you I've look at all the, you look at the stuff that he's done, the stunts and the, the, the injuries that he suffered, you know, it's just, I don't know. And, and a lot of trauma, losing your best friend, um, you know, as well, is going to have imagine, like, a, 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 an impact on you. And it's just, uh, but you know, Steve-O, you've got people like Steve-O who, I mean, that guy was a mess. That guy was a mess and he got his shit together, man. And it's like a, a, a certain part of it is 
you're, you've got to change your behavior too. You've got to change your attitude. And, and he has not just a substance abuse issue. He does seem to have a pretty bad attitude about things as well. So it's like, yeah, it's you hard know. to get out of that cycle, dude. I'm trying to get on the Steve-O cast bad. Dude, you got to, man. Wild ride. Yeah. <laughs> I got to get us to a point where I can get on the, on the Steve-O cast. That's about, I need to get on that. We need to bring the Steve Austin cast back. Cast back. I need God, to to dude. Steve Austin. I need to get on the fucking Mac cast. Yeah. Yeah. Stop you my dream. The, the Stone Cold uh, Steve Austin. That's my, you know, I've, I've been able to shoot podcasts with members of Nirvana. I've done Corey Taylor. I've done M Shadows. I've gotten to do a lot of great folks. But like Steve Austin, that's my fucking all time dream. I could sit there for five hours, him, the undertaker, but I want like dressed as American badass. I want the whole, uh, you know, get up Dude, with I'm him. A, I'm going to tell you what, I'm going to give you a rough little Mount Rushmore that I'm building right now. Ready? Let's go. Number one, I'm going to go Kevin Nash. All right. All right. Number two, Beetlejuice from the Howard Stern show. Yo, let's go. Are you my new best friend? <laughs> Number three, I'm going. I'm going Papa Trent Reznor. He's All right. And four is still TBD. We'll see, but that's my first three. So four better. All right. Be good. All right. Let me give you. Let me give you my uh, my Mount Rushmore of insane podcast guests. Obviously, number one, Stone Cold Steve Austin. Number two, I need to get something on the level of Beetlejuice. Um, it's gonna be hard unless you got the man himself. I mean, Hasbul and all that shit's not cutting it. That's all fake. No, 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 no. Ha- I was gonna say, yeah, Haz- yeah, yeah. That's fair. Fuck. That's horse shit. <laughs> Modern horse shit. Yeah, you can't do. You can't recreate beat. No. So I mean, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with Stone Cold. I'm gonna go with Gilberg. Um, okay. I mean, I mean Gilberg. Suck, but yeah, <laughs> I don't really know. That's really nothing to say. But... <laughs> Get me on no, Gilbert, you want to have a good fucking three-way dance. Yeah, just me out. like mud wrestling Gilbert. Never um, forget that I waited in line for like three hours at Access to meet Hornswoggle when I was at that same... <laughs> <laughs> so for just, that, at that same WrestleMania, I took the Bray pick. Right after that moment is me like pathetically paying like $40 and waiting like four hours to meet Hornswoggle and get a pick with him. I waited like three hours one time to meet the guy who did the voice of SpongeBob. <laughs> that's insanely low as well yeah that's, it was a dark time in my life it was like seventh grade you know oh, life gets better if you're out there in school and you think like the best thing that'll ever happen to you is meeting the guy who did the voice of spongebob like it gets better it gets better Swaggle for you Swaggle really didn't have much to say but respect to him yeah. uh the big show um maybe maybe put him Dude, on there i, I don't know I if he's the big show He's a cool he's dude. He's, I mean, okay, I didn't meet him. I stood around him because <laughs> I, yeah. <laughs> I was at the backstage catering, which was awesome, which I've been able to go to many times. So, like, I'm, you know, me and my best friend, who's like the most OG, like, true wrestling fan in history, like, we'll just be at the catering, just like sitting there, just like looking at people right. for like four hours, like, not watching the show, just trying to get a glimpse of anybody we can. And so big shows in the catering line. So I just popped right behind him and just got catering right after him. And I was like, this is an insane moment. You know, I, I, I would, I would like actually let me replace Gilbert with honestly, if I could a, a podcast guest, Vince McMahon, 
I would like to to talk to him and just really go through his like that's good shit. Like I think that's, if you could get him too stressful, man. I, I would I would I would I wouldn't be stressed about it though. I would I would just I think he's one of those guys if you come at him with respect, you know, and and you're not like have, if you've seen the interviews where he's gotten pissed, um, you know, it's like people trying to like attack him or get a rise out of them. They'll be like Vince, tell me about the steroids. And he'll be like, man, fuck you. Like, it's like, I want to ask him about like, how did you at every level overcome the type of adversity? Cause I mean, the, the pro wrestling business is a dirty game. That's an ugly business. Um, I don't know. I mean, I mean, I, I, I agree. I mean, I would, I would be, I'll be interested to in meet Vince. I did have, once again, I had because of Ray, I had an amazing fucking uh, moment where I stood next to Stone Cold, me and Reba did, because we went to the Raw. It was in New York. It was like Raw, some anniversary Raw thing they did in New York, and Stone Cold came back, and he was part of the open and the ending. And I was backstage, and he was like right there. And like we just like stood there for a while. And then during that moment, I'm remember, this sounds like I'm lying, but I swear to God, it's true. Fucking Triple H and Stephanie came up and talked to me and Reba. And that's like, so sick. And that's the type of stuff head. that it's insane. They have they have those uh like they they, they have those pro though. wrestling hits. They look different. They're giant. And you when you meet them, you kind of get you know the whole thing of like people in the new school business, like the old school guys, like the Vince's, like oh they don't they're not big enough they're not this that and like us as like exterior fans like what are they talking about because on tv everybody you know everybody was kind of say when you get around these guys in person you get it because it's like yeah purple yeah. and stone cold and like bray they don't look like normal people like they look yeah. they, they're like it's crazy so it's like i get you get the larger than life thing in real life like that you know it's harder right. to get i feel like on tv or for me at least I, I, I have just got to get, we need a code orange Beetlejuice collab, like a feed. Yeah. I bet you, I guarantee you could get a cameo in a video from him. I couldn't afford, like you I could. Couldn't, so the most recently we did this, like we were doing this mud TV series. It was like our little, like weird talk, alien talk show thing. And we got a uh, beans from even Stevens. We got him. Did on, you? <laughs> but, but we didn't tell him what it was. We just told him, we just, you know, we gave him the script for just the cameo gimmick. But you can't, we can afford, and respect the beans, by the way. And we, and he, yeah. So, but he was cool. But I can afford beans. I'm not at a point in my career where I can afford beat. You know, I need, I'm going to need you guys to go pre save this disc. And then yes. maybe we can afford Beetle to like wear the shirt or something. But yeah, we, we got to get, yeah, that's, that's all I want. We got to get Beetlejuice on there because I, that, I, as soon as you said, I was, I was, I was thrown back. Um, I was I was thrown back when you said Beetlejuice. Uh, I was I was so impressed by that. That was eleven out of ten. When you said Beetlejuice, I said, "Damn, Jamie's the real deal." Dude, uh, we, need I, a, I do. we need a we need a Beetlejuice Joe Rogan episode, right or wrong? We do. De- yeah, we do. Bad. We do bad. Well, um, but needs to but talk to, to them, make that happen. But Jamie, we have to go. I know uh, some. Uh, you you have uh, another podcast coming up, I believe. So I don't want to hold you. I don't want to. Go over. I could talk to you, but we'll shoot something again in person for sure, bro. It was such yeah. a pleasure to talk to you. I can't Thanks. wait to see you live again. Much respect, bro. Thank you for doing this. 
And uh, everybody, uh, check out the record. Make sure you pre-save the above coming out on September 29th. It's linked in the description. Thank you again, brother. Thanks, man. Appreciate it. All right. Yep, for sure.